Hi, I'm Emily McIntyre with the Limitless Female Podcast. This is episode number four, The Storytelling Cure. Woman, welcome. If you're a mama who is feeling all the feels of motherhood, the ups and downs of hormones, and maybe even depression, then you are in the right place. Limitless Female is your confident inner voice, helping you master your mood and create the epic life that calls you. My goal is to show you just how enough you are so you can show up limitless in your own life. Let's get started. Good morning, everybody, Limitless Female Tribe, all my mommies out there, momming it hard and doing work like a boss. I am so excited to be here with you for episode number four. You guys, I have been actually thinking about this topic for about a month now, Um. And the title of this episode is The Storytelling Cure. And let's just dive right in, you guys. So we're all storytellers. Before we were farmers, before we did all kinds of things, we told stories. It's how we really learned about other tribes. It's how we learned life lessons. It's how we learned what to do and what not to do. And we still do that this way, right? Like, That's the way our parents teach us, through stories. Um, I love the movie, The Croods. If you've ever seen this movie, we have Eep, who is like a teenager, but it's in the days of the Stone Age. So she is super curious and wants to get out there, out of the cave, and learn about everything. She wants to try everything. And her dad wants to keep her safe. And so the curious daughter, every time she tries something new, he brings all the family around in the cave and he lights a fire and he gets some ash on his thumb and he starts to kind of paint her a picture of what would happen if she ever leaves the cave. And it's always really intense. Like he's drawing her outside, building a fire, and then he smashes the fire and smashes her like or wipes his hand across the cave wall like if you try something new you will die which is hilarious to me because I think that's what our brain is always telling us right like if you try something new you might die if we do something hard we might die and it really is like this primitive instinct that we have because that's how we used to stay alive right like don't try new things don't expend energy all that jazz so we use stories to protect and to keep people safe. We've been doing it for years. And um, I wanted to tell kind of a funny story. Um, One time when I was 16, I was pulled over by a police officer and he informed me that I was speeding. And then he proceeded to describe a very kind of gruesome scene. It was very intense. He was like, you will be smashed like a grape on the sidewalk. And then he like stomped his foot on the ground and smashed it around. He's like, we won't even be able to recognize you. Slow down. And he put fear in me. I will tell you that. I was scared. Not necessarily of speeding, but scared of him. And so I never, ever speed. Mostly because I don't want to be pulled over by an officer. I cry every time. When they get pulled over, it's not so much about the death part, which I also am scared about, but it's mostly just these scary officers and um, authority. I totally cry every time. 
So we also use stories to entertain, right? Um, the other day I was listening to the build your story brand podcast and they were interviewing this guy who calls himself science Mike, which is super cool. It's like his self-proclaimed nickname. And he talked about our neocortex. Okay. It's this part in our brain that is constantly predicting because the brain hates ambiguity and confusion and the unknown. And so it's, we're always kind of in this daydream state because we're always sort of living in the future with our neocortex. We're always trying to assess the future, what might happen. And then we're also trying to problem solve for the future. And so we never really are present. We're always predicting, assessing, solving for the future with our neocortex. So storytelling, though, is one of the few times that we are completely present. So that's why the last time you were in a really good movie, you might have cried, right? Or you might have laughed out loud. Or you might have felt like extreme empathy for this character and notice that you were able to empathize with someone who doesn't even exist, Like how powerful is that? The power of story brings us completely present so that our emotions are so powerful because every part of us, our brain um, is present. Even our neocortex is no longer predicting because we are pulled to the present. So you can see that storytelling is really, really powerful. But I want you guys to notice that the stories that you and I hear are predominantly negative. If you've ever flipped on the news, then you see that what's being reported is mostly negative and the fires that are showing up and there's a murder and there's a riot over here. Even if there is positive news, we tend to remember and share the negative stories. And I'm about to teach you guys one of my favorite things to teach because it helps us to manage the shame, which is one of my main goals is to get rid of our shame as women, as mothers, as women with depression. So if you are noticing all the negative things in your life, then your brain is doing a great job because your brain functioning at its best is made to scan for danger. So your brain has three main functions. It's called the motivational triad. And it's this idea that our brain was primitively very successful and served us very well. Just like when I was talking about EEP, our brain was made for three main functions. It was made to keep us safe, keep us efficient and save energy, and seek pleasure. So the part of us that was made to keep us safe is always looking out for danger it was crazy useful for us. If you think about Eep in the crudes, like they were always looking out for that next tiger or they were always aware of the weather or when they would get their next meal, right? And how long that food needed to last. So they were always on the lookout for danger. Now, now it doesn't serve us as well. And we have this higher brain 
this kind of forward thinking functioning brain that can override this function. But it served us very well in some ways. And so when your brain is noticing danger, it's because it is what it's meant to do. Your brain is a scanner and every morning you wake up and it's like boop, 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 boop. And it's looking across, looking for danger, for things that are scary. And it misinterprets mean girls for danger or going to a big group of women for danger or a networking event might be dangerous. Something new, right, might be dangerous. Your brain's scanning and looking for all those things. Your husband's negativity could be dangerous, right? Your child's attitude might be dangerous. So it's scanning for problems. And the neocortex is scanning for problems so it can solve for them, right? It's constantly looking for things to solve. So have you ever heard somebody say that you should give a child five compliments for every one piece of constructive criticism? Well, I think that that's why, because your child's going to hold on to that one piece of negative information because their brain will think it's useful and that it will help them solve for a problem. One example that comes to mind when I think about this is that I can have an amazing day with my kids and be pretty productive, get some chores done. Even like today, I had all my kids sitting at the kitchen table, TV off. We we're all like doing homework or coloring and I'm on my computer writing my podcast, just feeling like, okay, I got this, right? And then my husband comes home and I feel like I spill all the worst parts of my day out on him, right? I'm like, oh my goodness, Bo could not stop screaming about the snake on his paper and he wanted me to draw it a hundred times and I'm just so exhausted, right? Because what I hang on to at the end of the day is usually the negative stuff. Like when I lay in bed with my husband, Sometimes it's hard to recall all those cute little things that my kids did and said because my brain's main job is to remember the negative things. That is my brain functioning correctly, right? Now, you may not know it, but you are actually always thinking in stories. You are always creating stories. So this is why, you guys, there is just too much information out there for us. Your brain can only take in so much information. So what it does is it filters out information, it picks and chooses, and the brain actually throws away facts so that it can take in something, right? Because it can't take in all of it. And what you're left over with is a version of the truth, through whatever your current lens is. So that's why there can be so many versions of the same event. You can hear a news story reported through Fox and then through CNN, and it's different, right? And my kids, they always have two different versions of the same story, right? The hitting happened differently, right? They were, they just nudged him. They didn't hit him, right? But our brains are always taking information and we're leaving out facts because our brain can't possibly soak it all in. And what you're left with is a story. So really what we perceive as reality and our life 
is just a simplified version. And I like to call it the headline of our story. That's what our lens is. When you think about looking at your life through like a telescope, that's not right. (laughs) A telescope is for outer space. No, 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 no. When you're looking at your life through like a pair of glasses, the headline of your story is really what makes up those lenses, right? That's the lens that you're seeing the world through. So some of our headlines have come to us from a majority of the masses, right? All the people. So what came to mind for me was parenting is hard. Children shouldn't struggle. Depression is bad, right? Others come from our parents. And it's those isms that we are taught from very little. And they come from really well-meaning parents. And some serve us and some don't right? But some that I thought of was money doesn't grow on trees. I still like using that one. Um, If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And I tried to think of a less kind of backcountry way to say that, but that's all I could think of. Anyways, you guys, I'm going to slip into accents throughout my podcast because I cannot help it. And it's late at night for me. (laughs) So that was right. That's a headline that sometimes we think about our families or as a mom, we think if I'm not happy, nobody's happy. And so I am in charge of the mood and the spirit and everyone else's emotions in my home, right? That's like a headline that I have. So I, that's the lens I use sometimes to decide if I'm being a good mother. Here is another thought, another um, headline. Marriage takes work, right? Marriage takes work. When I was engaged, I hated hearing that. I just felt like it was taking all the magic out of my engagement. People be like, marriage is really hard. You know, it takes work. Can't just have love. And I, of course, see the truth in that statement. Like marriage is a choice every single day, which I prefer that thought. But marriage takes work just made me feel like really not excited. I was like, that doesn't sound fun. Marriage is fun, right? But these are just lenses that we view the world through. So I want you guys to think if you could put your current situation, the hard thing that's happening in your life, the thing that you struggle with that makes you want to keep your head under the pillow and sleep in just a little bit longer, that thing that makes you want to go take a nap in the middle of the day, Take that thing and I want you to put it into a newspaper headline, a one sentence headline that would grab people's attention. All right, you guys, when I was talking about this with my husband, my favorite movie quote came up and I'm about to give it to you. Okay. It's from (laughs) the buildup is so intense. It's from the movie. So I married an ax murderer and Charlie's mom is Irish, I want to say, and she's reading the Inquirer or the Inquisitor, you know, like the National Inquirer, like one of those crazy magazines with these crazy stories. And she's reading all the headlines to him. And she says, grown man gives birth to live baby. That's a fact. That's a fact, Charlie. And it's one of my favorite things ever. (laughs) It's like the best headline ever. Right. But other for real headlines, right might be like, my husband doesn't want to connect with me. If this is a reoccurring thought, 
that you have all the time and it's how you describe your relationship with your husband. It's your headline. Okay. And it's going to be the lens through which you see everything he does that it's, he doesn't want to connect with you. Another headline that I used to think was I'm not smart enough. And you guys, I got really good grades. I did well, but you know what I thought? I thought I'm a hard worker. I'm not smart. I'm a hard worker. I don't know where I got that from. And I didn't really realize it was late, um, that it was not useful for me until later on in life when I realized that I was willing to work really hard, but I didn't really think that I was intelligent enough. It kind of reared its head when I started creating um, an app with one of my soul sisters, um, Chrissy. And as we started building that app, I remember thinking and telling her, you know, I don't know how to make an app, but I can read books, I can learn, and I can work hard. And those are amazing talents, right? Those are amazing. Um, it's amazing to be willing, right? And to show up in your life and to work hard. But I was discounting how intelligent I really was. Another time when I had this headline for my life was, I think, this whole past year of life coaching. I told myself that I can't create original content. Like I, I kept thinking, I'm really hardworking and I'll show up all day long, but I don't really know if it's within me to just think of new things to teach people. I, I remember watching my dad create new content for his business in sales and just being like blown away. Like how does someone come up with an original thought? And this last weekend, I was in Dallas for a mastermind and the entire weekend, it was about creating original content and being a thought leader. And it's so amazing what the experience of this past year, blogging, coaching, um, doing classes has shown me that I can create original content and that I am a thought leader and my brain has everything it needs to be a thought leader, I just need to give it space and time to hand me those ideas, right? I need to sit down and write. I need to go for walks and brainstorm, right? I need to trust in what I know instead of looking to another podcast to provide me with ideas and examples and stories. And I'm still finding my way. I'm still using a lot of um, really awesome quotes and contents from other people because that's totally fine. I'm happy to share amazing content with you from wherever it's from. But I have noticed that I'm not just a hard worker. I'm also smart. But that headline held me back a little bit. So now let's talk about the cure because this podcast is the storytelling cure. The cure to all your worst headlines, the cure for the headlines that have you, you know, not showing up in your life and feeling stuck, right? Now, the way and the cure to finding relief from the things you are struggling with is recognizing that your stories are just that. They are stories, you guys. The things that we can't seem to recover from, the loneliness that comes from living away from family, the unwanted diagnoses, all of those situations become painful stories when they're filtered through those headlines that we've given to them. 
So let me give you guys some examples. Okay. My kids should be friends and I'm responsible for making it happen. So this is what happens. I have this headline about my life and my family that it's so important for me, for my family to be close and what I want my family to look like. And I had this headline, my kids should be friends and I'm responsible for that. And it felt very true. It felt like a really good headline for my life, right? But this is what happened. I walked around thinking that and feeling quite hopeless because it's not what was actually happening, right? My kids were fighting. And so then I'm just discouraged. And I'm wondering, what am I doing wrong? Because my kids are fighting and that, right, they're supposed to be friends. That's the title of my story. And so I'm discouraged and I'm hopeless. And I want you guys to think about how would I show up as a parent from the emotions of discouragement and hopelessness, right? It's not really my best parenting fuel. It's not going to help me show up better as a mom. And so what I would do from those two emotions is I would complain to my husband at night. I would maybe raise my voice at my kids, cruise social media and see other moms I really looked up to and pictures of their perfectly dressed, well-behaved kids bonding, right? Like I would just be like, everyone else's kids are friends and the moms are showing up in their lives and I must not be available enough. I must not be organized enough. I must not have enough lists or, you know, be home enough. Maybe it's because I have, you know, other passions or jobs that I do or I work out, right? And my result is that I would find evidence all day long for why this headline was true, right? I would look around and I'd be like, my kids should be friends and they aren't. And it is my fault, right? Look, I just yelled and I made them upset and it's my fault that they're not friends. So you can see now that my headline had become this very true story for me. Everything I viewed through the lens of this headline that my kids should be different than they were and that I should be better than I was. That when they thought something had gone wrong. So one thing that I found fascinating as I listened to this guy, Science Mike, was that he, he said this, you guys, an inability to identify problems well is the root of depression. And I, my ears perked up because I love when people can show me how to apply something to depression. So many people are clinically diagnosed with depression and so many more people just feel like they're in a state of surviving, like they're not even living. I know so many of you mamas can relate. And so right away, I'm like, what, what science, Mike? And he said, again, an inability to identify problems well is the root of depression. And so you guys, that is where the power is here. It's identifying what the problem actually is. So let's go back to our movie scenario, okay? Storytelling like they do in the movies. And in any good movie, there are two types of problems. Because like I said, we want to identify the problem because not being able to do that is the reason for depression. It's the root of depression, okay? So like in any good movie, there are two problems. First, there's the external problem, the very obvious problem. 
So I was trying to think of a movie that you guys could all relate to and remember. And I found an excellent one. I'm on a Julia Roberts kit because I just watched, uh, what is it? Love, live. <laughs> I don't remember. Eat, pray, love. There we go. <laughs> I knew it was like three verbs. Um, Julia Roberts in Runaway Bride. Okay. I want you to think about that movie. The obvious external problem in that movie is will she ever make the plunge and get married, right? She's been engaged four times. She's run away at the altar three times. And this is her fourth engagement. That is the external problem. Getting Julia Roberts to say, I do, right? But then there's the internal problem. And this comes with every story and every really well-written movie. The problem when it's internal is less obvious and more about an internal struggle with the character. And in this movie, Julia Roberts is struggling with who she actually is, right? Every single fiance, she has kind of shifted her personality, her likes and dislikes to fit in with that guy in her life. And what we're all wondering is, is she going to actually find herself apart from a guy? Like, how does she really like her eggs? Right? And does she really like sports? And does she want to take her honeymoon on a mountaintop? Right? So for us, we can all see the obvious problem. Okay. It's usually part of the headline. It's the kids fighting, right? There's no peace in my home. It's my husband's negativity. It's where I live. It's the number of friends that I have, right? And identifying the title of your story and the lens through which you view everything is the key to finding happiness and seeing real change. Because the underlying problem for me was that kids shouldn't fight. It wasn't that my kids were fighting, right, you guys? Because that's kind of like the external problem. Kids are fighting. It was that lens, that headline, kids shouldn't fight. They should be friends and something had gone wrong. If I was a better mom, I could stop this. Or just, I'm not good enough, right? That's the title of my story. I'm not a good enough mom if my kids are fighting. And that's the headline. You guys, that's the root of my depression is not being able to identify that I have this title, this thought that I'm just not good enough. I'm not a good enough mom. Because when we don't know what the root of our sadness is, the root of our struggle is, and we just think it's the external problem, the very obvious problem, we can't solve for it, right? Like if I'm so trying to solve all day long to get my kids to stop fighting and be friends, I haven't really solved for my feeling of hopelessness and frustration. What's really causing my hopelessness and frustration is my headline, I'm not good enough. I'm not a good mom, right? So I like to start with this question. Every time when you guys find that thought, that headline, that underlying problem in the movie that is your life, okay, I want you to ask this question. Does my story title serve me? Right? It might feel really true. 
You might have cabinets full of evidence to prove it, right? But does it actually serve you? You might think that other people would agree with you, right? That your life is crazy and busy and hard or that kids should be best friends and I should keep trying. But when you think that and it's a title of your story, how do you show up? Is it serving you? And do you want it to be the title of your story moving forward? Because here's the best part, you guys. You get to choose. If you are filtering all this information that's coming in from the world, right? Your lower brain is doing its job really well and it's filtering it, but it's looking for negativity. But guess what? You guys have a higher brain. It's the prefrontal cortex and it's the part of your brain that can override this lower brain that really serves you well and saving you energy. You can actually override that. And so you get to choose what information you take in and what you believe. And you get to create the story that you tell on a daily basis about the things that are hard, the challenges, the things you put your heart and soul into. And the one I know all of you put your heart and soul into is being a mother, being a parent, and you're doing a fantastic job. And I want you to create new stories that serve you and your kids that you like, that you didn't just get because everybody told you, or you think it's the culture to believe that, or you think it's a good thought. I want you to decide if it actually helps you be the mother and the person you want to be. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next Friday. Bye-bye. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the podcast or something else going on in your life, I want to invite you to a free one-on-one call. In it, I will teach you the main coaching tool I use with all my clients and the way to solve any problem in your life. And we'll plug in real life examples. Go to calendly.com forward slash limitless female, or you can find the link in the show notes to schedule your free session. Grab a spot before you miss it.